giving hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. So, if you are in bondage, you either redeem yourself or a kinsman, a relative, would come and redeem you. Now, could we redeem ourselves? God gave man the chance to redeem himself. How did he do it? He gave us the law. 613 laws. And he says, use this to set yourself free. So people tried. And the conclusion of it was was summarized by the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. uh, Chapter 7 verse 21. It says, I find then a law that is evil present with me. The one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. Bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And he summarizes in verse 24. O wretched man that I am who would deliver me from this bondage of death. Those who try to redeem themselves end up like this. Oh, wretched man that I am. Once I'm trying to obey the law, but the law itself is just messing me up. So, if you are trying to be your own redeemer, that's how you end. You end in frustration because you can't redeem yourself. Now, if you cannot redeem yourself, then your relative must redeem you. But your relatives are all in bondage. Your father is in bondage, your cousin is in bondage, your brother is in bondage, your sister in bondage. Everybody is in bondage to sin. So there has to be a relative who can come and redeem us. Who is not subject to the same bondage we are subject to. So, who is the redeemer? Well, we know the redeemer. His name is Jesus Christ. He's called the last Adam or the second man just like the first Adam took us into bondage another Adam had to come and deliver us and his name is Jesus and this is how Romans chapter 2 verse 14 to 15 puts it it says in as much then As the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, likewise, he himself is Jesus, shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And release those who through fear of death were all their life, lifetime, subject to bondage. So how did Christ become a kinsman? He took on our nature. He became us. He took on flesh and blood so he can be related to every human being. And in that sense, Christ Jesus then qualified as relative because he had flesh and blood. If he didn't have flesh and blood, he couldn't redeem us. He had to become us to save us. 
And so he qualified as a kinsman redeemer. One of us who can set us free to fulfill the provision of the law that the redeemer must be like you. Jesus became us. He took on our nature. Not only did he take on our nature, he took our place in death. He took our place in death. He died the death that was supposed to be ours. And when we say that Jesus died that death that is supposed to be ours, it's not the normal dying that people die. It is eternal death. Eternal separation from God. The death that would have become the lot of every human being in the end. We call it going to hell, being in the lake of fire, being eternally separated from God. That was what Jesus came to take away. So that when you die, you don't die forever. That's why there is a resurrection for the believer. He took our place in death. And he paid to release us from bondage. He paid to free us from bondage. Now remember, part of redemption requires that a price should be paid. And the price that is paid must be equal to the object that must be re redeemed. So for example, and I hope this analogy doesn't disturb anybody who has done this. So let's say you want a bank loan. So you go to the bank and they say, we want collateral. And you say, I, I, I want collateral. So you take your house and give it as collateral. Let's say your house is worth how much? A hundred thousand CDs. And you take, they give you a loan of 80,000 CDs. So, on the basis of that, 80,000, which is now the real value of your house now, you get a loan. And you're happy. Hey, 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 have a loan, have a loan, have a loan. And then payment time comes. And you can't pay. We say that the loan has not been redeemed. And the house has not been redeemed. So then the people who took your house say that if you don't come and redeem it, we are going to sell the house to redeem what you took. So come and redeem it. And you work, 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 but you can't redeem it. Then somebody says, I will redeem it for you. But the person cannot go and redeem your house lower than what was exchanged for. Because now your house has been valued at 80,000. 
So if he's going to pay a price, the price must be equal to the value. And if he pays the price that is equal to the value, then you can be redeemed or the house can be redeemed. I hope you understand what the... Alright. So that is where we were. We were in bondage to sin. How did we get there? Adam took a loan and collateralized us and himself, the human race, in that law. So Jesus has to come and redeem mankind. But he cannot just go and say, hey, hey, I'm the creator of the universe. Come on, let's go. No, that would be illegal. And God cannot commit illegality. He is a just God. And if he makes rules, he must honor his own rules. He has made himself subject his law. God is not capricious. He doesn't just act anyhow. He acts in consonance to his own regulations. So God has to come and redeem. So he says, well, there's nobody amongst those guys who can redeem them. So I will be the redeemer. I will go and do it. But I cannot go and do it as God, spirit. Because these people are flesh and blood. So I have to become like them, flesh and blood. So that I can qualify as a redeemer of my own image. If he's going to redeem his image, then the price he pays must be equal to his image. So what was the price that was paid? When God became a man, on Calvary's cross, that man gave up his life. But that was the image of God that was given up. And in his blood, when we talk about the blood of Jesus, we're not just talking about physical blood, we're talking about his life. He saved us. So, our redemption is worth the blood of Jesus. Our redemption is worth the blood of Jesus. First Peter chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus... So God has to pay a price for man. He has options. He created the universe. He has to determine the value of man and what is equivalent to his value. He could look at silver. He looked at all the silver on earth, all the silver in the universe. He says that's not worth human beings. He looked at all the gold. Can gold buy back man? It's not possible. He looked at all, in fact, the other time I was reading somewhere that said that there is, there is a particular planet and probably a couple of them uh, in somewhere, somewhere. 
I don't even know how these scientists are able to get these things. But they say there's a planet, and the whole planet is a diamond. God considered that planet to throw into the equation. And he said, still it can't buy a man. The only thing that can buy a man is something that is equivalent to the image of God. Because man is made in the image of God. That is how he's been collateralized for. And the only thing that can pay is the image of God dying for the image of God. And that was what the blood of Jesus paid for. And when he paid for us, it was equal value for equal worth. Man, therefore, was paid for with an amount that is due to his value. And that is why the Bible will tell you, you have been redeemed with a price. Don't cheapen yourself. Because it costs so much for you to be redeemed from the power of sin. Jesus used his life, laid down his life, God in the flesh, so that the image of God that was lost by the first Adam can be bought back and be redeemed. So when you say, I am redeemed, you are literally saying, I am valuable. Because what was used to buy me back was valuable. If you want to know how valuable you are to God, check the price tag he put on you. And if you think God will go to that extent to redeem you and leave you for little witches to come and mess you up, then there is something wrong with your head. If you think God will go to all that extent to leave you for a wizard to hold your destiny, you are joking. Because you have no idea who you are to God. He would not go to that extent and leave you to the elementary spirits of this earth to control you. So let me let me end with this. Let me end with this. So what did Christ redeem us from? I'm going to talk about three and then I'm close. First, he redeemed us from sin. Ephesians 1, 7. And I'm not even going to comment on that. I think I've said enough about that. He redeemed us from sin. Second, he redeemed us from the power of of darkness. He redeemed us from the power of darkness. Colossians 1 13 and 17. For he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sin. He has delivered us and conveyed us <laughs> So, what he's saying is, when God delivered, he didn't leave the property that has been delivered still in the hands 
of the one who held it captive. He delivered us and took his property with him and conveyed him into a new place. We are redeemed from one place to the other. Delivered from darkness to light. Many times when I talk to believers, I tell, you know, we have power over the devil. People say, Pastor, you don't know. You don't know. I know. In fact, I know more than enough. I know what Christ has done. Except you are a believer, but you don't believe in what Christ has done. Then go and fight your own battle. But you end up like Paul saying, oh wretched man that I am. But if you trust in Jesus Christ, then you have been bought with a price. The price has been paid. Nothing is owed on you. We've been redeemed from sin, redeemed from the powers of darkness. And finally, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone that hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from the powers of darkness. I'm redeemed from sin. Somebody say, I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm the redeemed from the powers of darkness. I'm redeemed from sin. You are not going to be. You are. The price has been paid. Settled. Account closed. Property retained. Final statement. How valid is our redemption? Does it have expiry date? Our redemption is eternal. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 11 and 13. But Christ came as a high priest of good things to come. With a greater and more perfect technical. Not made with hands. That is not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. The redemption that Christ obtained is eternal. In other words, when that property was delivered the sin of Adam took us in wonder and he delivered us that deliverance is eternal there will never be any time again in human history that human beings will be brought back into bondage because he provided eternal redemption for us that my friends is what it means when you say I am redeemed God bless you. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email 
Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.